The fate was a shambles. Fear, confusion, and shock had resulted in trampled shrubberies, trippings over headstones, upset booths, runaway dogs, and screaming children as their parents tried to drag them out of the path of the Hartfield police. There was, fortunately, no dearth of police. The forensic crew seemed to spill out of the wood. Nathan Ridley had been the first medical man on the scene, and had pronounced Ramona Way very dead indeed except for the thin trickle which had run down her arm and caked in a dark ribbon, there was very little blood. From what Melrose could gather in the general confusion that reigned, the weapon was a small, silver awl-like thing used back in Victorian days for punching holes in canvas for needlework. It had, apparently, come from Sylvia's jumble table. It had been donated by Sylvia herself. She was none too pleased now with her generosity." The sterling hole-puncher had come home to roost on her doorstep. Melrose marvelled at the nerve of the murderer, killing the woman with the whole Hartfield constabulary back there in the wood. The position of the carriage had effectively masked any manoeuvre, opening the door, shoving the body in, and covering it with the rug. The murderer had taken advantage of one of the rest periods. "'What god-awful nerve!' said Ridley to Carstairs, who had arrived at the scene in nothing flat from Hartfield. "'Can't believe anyone would be that reckless.' "'Or that desperate,' Melrose heard Carstairs say as he walked off. Melrose was rather enjoying watching the Bodenheims being ground exceedingly small in the mills of the Hartfield Constabulary. D.I. Carstairs had commandeered Rookswood for questioning, and Miles Bodenheim had had a time of it, trying to herd people like sheep to the public footpaths. "'Disgraceful!' he said to Melrose as they stood in the hallway of Rookswood. He seemed to think the murder had been done to ruin the festivities. "'It's given Sylvia a sick headache, and Julia is simply overcome with nerves!' Melrose seriously doubted both. "'That such a thing could happen in our village, twice, mind you!' As if Melrose had forgotten the first murder— and now here's police simply tramping about our drawing-room and all of those people. Ah, there's the Craigie sisters come in. I must speak to them at once. Ernestine! Augusta! He sailed off. Most of the visitors to the fate had been questioned briefly by police and been permitted to leave. A handful remained in the drawing-room of Rookswood, the Craigies, Mannering, the Bodenheims, Polly Prayed, and, of course, the children who had made the grisly discovery, and their mums, one of whom was being quite vocal. "'Disgraceful!' she announced to anyone who would listen, echoing the opinion of Sir Miles. "'Disgraceful, I calls it. Here's little Betty and her only nine being questioned by police.' Little Betty's mother heaved a giant carriole up to her lap and looked as dour as one of the Bodenheim ancestors hanging about in portraits on the walls. Little Betty was a moon-faced child with eyes like brown buttons who enjoyed inspecting the tacky blood on her shoe. Sylvia Bodenheim, sick headache or not, had been brought down from her bed for questioning. Under her eyes were dark smudges, and her complexion had a distinctly greenish cast as she sat wrenching a handkerchief. Melrose thought her reaction was owing less to the object taken from her jumble table and the consequent tragedy in the wood than to the tragedy in her drawing-room, now overrun with unwanted villagers and, worse, actual strangers. 
It was a room filled with ruby velvet, cream brocade, and gilt, a room that looked straight out of a decorator's album of elegant country house drawing rooms, right down to the portraits and paintings, a combination of awful Bodenheim ancestors and awful views of the Versailles Gardens. The room had been chosen by the police because it had the advantage of adjoining Sir Miles's snuggery, which was the place Inspector Carstairs was using for the questioning of witnesses. A constable stood guard at the door. Thus the pride of Rookswood had been turned into little more than a railway waiting room, to be sloughed off as passengers moved toward their trains. Melrose watched as Sylvia moved quickly to admonish one of the three...